24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I'm your host, Peter Graves, and thank you so much for being with us. Now, this marks the start of season four for this podcast. If you're new to the show, well, you can go back and listen to our previous episodes. They've been fantastic. We've had some wonderfully insightful and inspirational guests on over the years. The point of the podcast is simple to celebrate the people who are responsible for making Grandma's Marathon what it is today. Whether they're participants, volunteers, community leaders, there's so much that goes on to this event. So with that said, here we go. We're excited to welcome our first guest of season four, someone who just this past June rewrote the record book in the Gary Bjorklund half marathon and welcome to the show maggie montoya hello thank you for being with us absolutely thank you for having me yeah so in the past few months since your record-breaking run in duluth this past june what do you immediately remember about this race and that weekend i remember just being really excited to do the race like we weren't sure how much I was going to be doing after Boston but I came off of it did the Brooklyn half and Boulder Boulder and it was a fun momentum and I was excited to finally be out at grandma's my team had been traveling there over the past couple of years usually for the marathon um, so I was grateful to finally be out there and um, just run as hard as I could because um, I knew I was going to have a nice break afterwards did it surprise you at all uh it surprised me decently <laughs> like uh I had no idea what to expect. I hadn't PR'd in over three years. I'd had a string of rough half marathons, um, but it did surprise me in the terms like I hadn't touched that the sub 70 uh, before. And so I was really happy with that. Fantastic. Now you've raced in a lot of different places. What made you want to come here uh, in the first place and what stands out to you as being perhaps different in Duluth, the vibe, the milieu than perhaps other places. What do you think? I mean, a lot of it had to do with like just my teammate going there. Um, a bunch of my teammates having gone there in years past and they always loved it. They loved the the concert after the race and just like they loved the race in, itself and they always ran pretty well. And so I was excited to go out there and experience it for myself. And it seems like it's one of the biggest uh, weekends that happens in Duluth. And so it was fun to be a part of that. And um, I had like, had no idea what the course record was. I just knew it was going to be a good, a good course. People ran fast on it. And so I was uh, just excited to be there and test things out. And there's such an enthusiastic vibe uh, about the race and the people, you know, it's almost the beginning of summer in, in, uh, in the North country. So uh, people are psyched to come outside and, and watch this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was wonderful. All right. Your time of one hour, nine minutes, 26 seconds beat out the record of uh, hometown hero Kara Goucher, who had held the record uh, here in the Gary Bjorklund half since 2012. What does it mean to you to have broken such a famous record of this event? 
it means a lot. I had no idea what the record was going in, uh, going into the race. Um, and I heard them announcing it as I was finishing. I didn't know where I was at in terms of like how close I was to it when I was finishing. I was just trying to get to the finish line. But I mean, Kara Gaucho has been such a big name in running for so long. And to be able to get that record, that that meant a lot. That's like that's breaking an Olympian uh, Olympian's record. It was really cool. And she's she's really nice. And she said that the record was going to go down like she she was acknowledging the fact that like records are meant to be broken. And um, I was excited to be a part of that. So the two of you have you have talked since the race. Uh, not in person. I have not seen her in person since. <laughs> but she did post about it from what I saw. But Oh, that's that's cool. OK, you, you had run several full marathons somewhat recently, including Chicago, Houston, Boston. But in Duluth, you chose the half marathon distance. Was it your goal to race like you did or was this supposed to be more of a training run for you? It was supposed to be. My coach just told me he gets said, get out the line hard. I had a teammate out there, Carlos, who was doing the half and he just told me to try to stick with him for as long as possible. He said, just go out hard, give it everything you have. If you fade or you die, not die, but like fall off the pace really bad. Um, like you gave it your all. We're just doing it as a test. And it was hard. We got out really hot. And um, from there, I just became comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable and just took it mile by mile. And so like stuck to the race plan of just going out and running as hard as I can and trying to maintain that effort the whole time. At some point, did you know uh, you were close to the record or was that a, kind of a surprise at the finish? It was a surprise at the finish. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, that's 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 amazing. Um, uh, so uh, you've already talked about going out hard and, and, and pushing the pace. I, I, I've read about that you like to take some risks in racing. Has, has that always been a strength, the ability to push where some other runners may land on a more conservative strategy um i'd say i usually struggle with it um grandma's was probably like the the one one of the big races where i just went for it the whole time and like probably like chicago as well but um but generally i think i've kind of shied away or like try to race more conservatively because like i'm trying to make it a split that's what you people want to do um so i kind of like being able to have the opportunity to just run hard um and not have any particular strategy or vine for a certain place it was just doing everything i could for myself that day um, which was exciting and i hope to take that into future races in college and and at the start of your professional career you're more of a middle distance runner was there something pulling you towards the marathon distance and and uh why did you make the jump from um middle distance to marathon um i mean i was i enjoyed being on the track and going back to it here and there but um with the team that i'm on a lot of us are marathoners or like on the longer distance side of things and while i didn't think that i would ever do a marathon competitively when i first joined the team the long run has always been my favorite training run of the week and i've i've liked it for all of college it's my favorite run now um, and so I think that was kind of destined to be a marathoner, even if I didn't want to acknowledge it back then. But I think it's just seeing my teammates do it and excel at it. And I just wanted a taste of that craziness. <laughs> hey, tell me a little bit about your team, because you've spoken about it a lot. It seems like that's a very important uh, base for you. 
Just uh, tell me a little bit about your your squad. Yeah, so we're Roots Running Project, coached by Richie Hansen. Um, I joined back in 2018, um, and we we had probably like 10-ish people on the team. Now with our, we have like two separate teams. Um, another team coached by uh, a teammate of mine, Ryan Root, and I think as a total we have about 30 people. Um, so it's pretty big, but I like to just say that we're generally like a blue collar team we're a team where like a couple of us are sponsored but the majority of us are out there to enjoy running compete because we love it and also have our own passions with um jobs and careers and i love that because everybody wants to be there there's nothing like on the line except their joy like looking forward to getting better and, and are, are you working now do you have a job outside of running um, I'm still employed by my, um, I transfer stores, but I work as a pharmacy tech still part-time. I'm actually, I work every other week. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, you moved to Boulder after college, uh, and that's, uh, I, I guess, somewhat of your adopted hometown. Uh, is your team based there? Uh, do you do you train with the same people on a daily basis? Um, we meet about three times a week, um, but we do, um, we all are based around Boulder or like the Boulder County, Denver area um, and commute into Boulder for the practices. Um, a lot of people will run on their own on their easy days or meet up with other people um, from other teams or within, like within the team for easy days, but we do um, have structured practice. So many sports have, have a, like a central place um you know in skiing it it could be veil uh in in uh triathlon it's often around san diego um but boulder which is actually kara goucher's home now as well there's a special vibe there particularly i think with endurance sports um and people know about them um, uh, so I, I guess my question is um did those factors come into making Boulder your home? I, I would guess it's a very comfortable place for you to live. Yeah, I really have enjoyed it out here. We came on family vacation when I was in high school out to Colorado. We went to Colorado Springs, Manitou Springs. Um, I think drove through Boulder and um, it was just a place that I said, one day I want to live here. And I saw myself living there when I was older, had a job, had a family. And so when I had the opportunity and made contact with the Roots Club or they made contact with me, um, I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is like a dream come true. And I reached out to a couple other teams um, or groups, but ultimately like this was, this was the right team. This was the right place. You actually won with uh, Team USA right before you came to Duluth, uh, the Boulder Boulder International Team Challenge. That had to be a fun event uh, and and a fun environment. Oh, it was so much fun. I'd never done Boulder Boulder before. So to be able to do it my first time representing the Team USA Colorado and then also winning it was just good on good on good. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a big race and very well known and been going on a long time. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable coming into the stadium. Just like the, the crowd roaring. It's like I couldn't even hear myself. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? Um, 
So um, you're qualified for the 2024 Olympic trials in the marathon, uh, I believe early February in uh, Orlando. Is that your next big race? Um, I'm doing Chicago in about three and a half weeks. Um, and then unless there's like a track 10K for an early qualifier in December, I probably won't race again until the trials. Um, but things are subject to change, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. So speaking about the trials, I want to ask you uh, what your plan is going into them uh, with so many big and, and talented runners. And of course, you're one of them. Uh, will we see uh, Maggie taking risks and pushing the pace to try to get one of those berths? Oh, I don't know if I'll be pushing the pace in that kind of race. Um, I know that there's petitions floating around to try to change the start time. I think with the current conditions and the time for the race, I think that people are going to be pretty conservative. Um, just a guess, there might be people that um, are a lot hardier. Um, I like to think I run well in heat and humidity, but I haven't raced a marathon in Florida ever. So um, who's to say what will happen? But like the 26, uh, 2020 trials, like anything can happen. People that were projected to make, make the team dropped out or felt like placed a lot further back than expected. And people that had never ran a marathon qualified for the Olympics. So um, anything can happen that day. And that's like the cool thing about the trials. And there's so many fast women this <laughs> in america right now yes there are yeah absolutely um so uh the olympics for for all of us and i think globally uh it's uh for many um uh kind of uh the uh arrival of of something very special in your life that you're an olympian have have you um thought what it would be like to represent the USA at the Olympics, or do you try to maybe push that back from your mind a little bit? Um, but do you, you ponder that representing the U S um, I would love to, it would be really cool because that means like you place top three amongst one of the deepest fields in the world. That was really cool, but I wouldn't devalue my running career if I never made it made an Olympic team. I think a lot of people have ran phenomenal careers, um, held records, and never made a team, and that doesn't anyway lessen like what they did. And so I would love to if it doesn't happen, and I still have fun, and I had reached a lot of big goals I didn't think I'd be able to reach. Then I'll be pretty happy with my career. I think that's really well said, and 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 really instructive for people listening to hear. Um, because it's important. Um, and then after the trials, uh, is there a plan for Maggie in 2024? She will go to the track. <laughs> now I'm going to try to hit some qualifying times in the 5K and 10K. Um, I had, I was planning to race in this buildup for Chicago, uh, but the race I was going to do in San Diego got canceled because of the hurricane. Um, so my only buildup race was doing a mile at like a under stadium light mile uh, in Boulder a couple weeks ago, which was a lot of fun. Um, and they could not get the stadium lights on. Um, so it was very dark, <laughs> but that's pretty much like my one buildup, but it was kind of exciting to get back on the track and experience that um, sensation of just running in those circles surrounded by a bunch of people. Um, so I I'm looking forward to giving it another shot on the track. Even if I consider myself a marathoner, I'd still like to be able to fine tune my speed and, see what else I can get out of 
that um, out of the track. Well, you're you're talented in so many areas, and putting them all together makes makes a great marathoner. Um, uh, I want to ask you, uh, uh, what about coming back to Duluth at some point to defend your title in the Gary Bjorklund half? Will, will you plan on doing that at some point? I was asked that I think after I finish, and because I'm trying to do a track season, we'll we'll see. But I think doing 10k training is similar enough to be able to still race a half marathon. So we'll see <laughs> if I if I knock out the times to qualify for uh, the trials early enough. I it would be fun to come back. Well, we we hope you can at some point. That uh, it would be great. Before we let you go, um, what is your biggest piece of advice for young runners, especially young women? who may someday want to do what you're doing, you know, and, and as you already noted, the field for women, uh, elite women in this country has really grown. What kind of advice might you give a young girl starting out? Um, I mean, the thing that I tell everybody and tell myself is like to just have fun. Um, if you're not having fun with it, there's no longevity in the sport. There's no enjoyment. It's just, everything feels kind of forced. And so I, just try to enjoy as many of the runs as I can. Some of them suck. Some of them are great. Um, not every day is perfect, but um, from what I've learned in the marathon, it's it's about like how long you can make it. It's how getting to that start line and getting to the finish line. It's it's a lot of roller coaster beforehand, but I think as long as you keep your head up and keep having fun, I think that that's the the most important part to longevity in the sport. Um, you you've had such uh, instructive advice throughout uh, throughout the program here it, it, it seems like um your attitude towards us is is really quite uh, this is in praise to you quite quite incredible um that and i think a lot of it comes down to to attitude and how you look at it because i think it should be fun it, it, it shouldn't just be punishing do, do you, you agree yeah i think that Running is a really big part of my life. It's given me a lot of friends, a lot of journeys, um, a lot of experiences. But I think that at the end of the day, it's not everything. Um, I want to run for as long as I can, um, if my knees allow me. Um, but I have other passions and other things in life to enjoy. And so I don't like to put, I put as much as energy as I can into running, but I still want to enjoy all the other aspects of my life. So I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with running. And I think that's the healthy balance that I've found. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up? And was there, was there a person that inspired you to get into running? Um, I grew up all over the States and even lived in Mexico when I was like three or four years old. Um, I've probably, I've moved or lived in like 10 different States. Um, and now, especially because of running, have visited 38 plus states. Um, but it was in Arkansas where I spent most of my childhood. And I got into running because of one of my my dad's tennis buddies. Girlfriend at the time was a middle school cross-country coach at another middle school that I was even at. And I played soccer for 10 years. And she was like, I think that Maggie would be a good runner. She should try it out. And that's kind of like what got me into it. And I never looked back. <laughs> Have you um, had any significant injuries in your career at all, or has it been pretty clear sailing? Um, I had a stress reaction in my sacrum back in 2021. Uh, I got the I got the news about it two weeks before the outdoor Olympic trials. Um, 
where I was supposed to do the 10k so I'm glad I didn't have to run when it was like 100 degrees outside but I would have loved to have been there uh race there anyway well um that's it for this week and uh, thanks so much to our guest Maggie Montoya she's uh Written her name in the Gary Bjorklund half marathon record books. And maybe, hopefully, we haven't seen the last of her quite yet in Duluth. We hope she will come back. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Thank you. This Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon is proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and ASICS. This is Peter Graves. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk more about running soon. So long.